Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. I had a long talk with Kit Villiers, also known as Brain Dead. So I'm breaking it up into three parts and doing as minimal editing as I can so you can hear Brain Dead's brain pattern, thinking, and all the things that came up. This is part three with Brain Dead. In a big city like London or Tokyo, it's always awkward because you're on public transport. Mm-hmm. And then you um, you hash and you drink and you sing a few songs, but you've still then got to somehow get home and yeah. Vul- Vulcans with the city of London mainly, and of course it's always at a tube stop. Yeah, ah, well that's true, but but even so, I mean you still got to. He's then got to get home to Kent. Yeah, but then of course he's uh, he, he that's yeah. I I'd, uh, preferred the samurai because it was just more leisurely. And okay, of course, I still had to get home, but it was still, I mean, it didn't last all night. I mean, it was just, I thought it was quite civilized. Well, let's talk about UK hashing that you've done oh. and, and how you, uh, how it compares to Asian hashing. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, I was, uh, I was in Hong Kong, as I said, in the, from the early seventies. And I asked the grand, these on sec about, I said, look, I'm on holiday. This would have been about, 74 or 5, I can't remember exactly. And he said, oh, there's just three hashes in the UK, the Surrey hash, the Vista hash near Oxford, and some other hash. West I said, oh, I live in Oxford. I said, I live in Oxford. I think it was um, it was in Kent. And I think, it, I think, hey, I think Balk, Vulcan told me it doesn't exist as such because he does hash in Kent, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, uh, anyway, uh... um uh, so it was very interesting. I I had some difficulty. I, I, he said, when you get to England, just ring the army base in Vista. And I found that the uh, the colonel was in charge. And um, he said, yes, we run Sunday mornings and we... Um, you're welcome. And uh, he said one or two other non-military run, but I never saw any. It, it, it was um, uh, it was smallish. I mean, well, there might have been thirty of us. They all they seemed to be mostly army officers. Very well set runs. Oh, one guy you might know. There was a major Dave Marks who moved to Cyprus. Yeah. And was still doing things in Cyprus when you were there in '96. Yeah, his hash name was Skidmarks. Is that right? Yeah, yeah he yeah. he he set some of these early runs. He was. Uh, he, I wonder if he had he retired. They must have retired by '96, I imagine. Probably, yeah. Anyway, he was certainly because there there was, there was big British military. I think there still is in Cyprus, isn't there? Yeah, he may he was involved with that, but he also was a great hasher. Yeah. But anyway, the, he was. Um, um, there was this colonel guy, and uh, he'd hashed in Singapore, and that's why they'd started it because he enjoyed it so much um, that um, he. Uh, uh, I think he'd order people to set the run. He said, "Right, <laughs> you and you next Sunday," and I was an oddity because I was a I was a civilian, and. Um, Although he had a very attractive daughter, I went because once there was a sort of 
army mess ball, and I he asked me to accompany this daughter who was in her twenties, I think. But but uh, there was a bit uh, one thing I really remember about it when we moved to the it was summer and it was evening. We'd hash at seven something like five five p.m. Which right. didn't really suit people who were working, right? Uh, but it suited these army people. And uh, I, I was always on holiday. I was sort of in Taiwan or Hong Kong, so I was. Always, I didn't worry me either. I would drive to uh, to the hash, uh, and then we'd have the hash. Cash would collect. We'd pay forty pence uh, per for the whole the thing, and that bought us a round or two. Wow. Uh, and we didn't. So we it was a bit. We didn't have to stand up and queue for our drinks. It was. The hash organized it. But then, a bit like that one in Singapore, uh, they suddenly all disappear because they say, oh, it's mess dinner or something. They all shoot back to the base. <laughs> and I'd be left, you know, half a pint in my hand, wondering where they're all gone. And so that was had took a bit of getting used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't really have any circles. It was... Uh, uh, and it was... And, and certainly for years, the Bista Hash only had men. Mm-hmm. We actually, they did establish a link later with a, there was a US um, camp not that far. And we had three guys from there that ran every week. Um, but but generally speaking, it reverted to being a fairly, the, the military element gradually got less and less. Mm-hmm. And now it's uh, an ordinary Oh, well, I don't quite what they do. I know they moved to a Sunday in the winter. They're on a Sunday now because I saw the trail going past my house. Hmm. Um, but I haven't been there for a long time now. And did you live and work and hash anywhere then after Japan? Uh, no, that second spell in Japan. Well, uh, well, uh, yes, I, well, I, I moved actually initially to London. Where I re met Vulcan, and uh, like him, uh, he said, Oh, you should join the city hash. So, and I was there for about seven years up to about 2002. Wow. So, you hash, did you hash regularly with city hash that whole time? Oh, I did. uh, But when I lived in London, I didn't, I, I, not only city hash, but I was in, I I think it was West London hash. Right. As well. and even occasionally in the Barnes hash, south right. of London. Right. No, I hashed a lot. I probably hashed at least, rather like when I was in Hong Kong, two, I would say on average, at least two a week. Wow. Um, yeah, Barnes Barnes joined actually with Surrey on the Cyprus stage. They did the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ah, which was a grand, that's what I'm thinking. Ah, okay. That was a grand uh, act with about fifty people on stage. That was a joint effort between Surrey and Barnes. But that oh, was that, that, that was that, that, that was ninety six. Yeah, that makes sense because they were there was a big overlap. I I I. Uh, didn't really do Surrey because it was more out of town, but Barnes fitted in quite well with me. I lived in that that part of London, so uh, but it, it was a bit late. They met late, and then they'd have a meal and they'd sit down to eat it quite late. It seemed late to me anyway, and I. Uh, but I knew I know, but they were good, good bunch. There was a guy there in Barnes who. Later, must have got a job in Hong Kong because 
uh, oh, I, I, I remember my very first Barnes run. I'd already been hashing for, oh, let me think. Oh, what would it have been? Uh, 90, uh, 20 years, probably. Mm-hmm. And I, we were hashing out of, uh, we were just south of the Thames in Barn, and it wasn't, anyway, in that part of London. And I was checking somewhere. I was keenly ran off and following some sort of false trail. And this guy, who later went to Hong Kong, asked me if I'd ever hashed before, which I found a little bit uh, <laughs> odd since I'd already been doing it for 20 years. Funny how you remember the, those things. I can't remember quite what I said. He'd been in Seoul, which, of course, is where I'd started. Wow. Um, he's now in Hong Kong. His name must be in this magazine somewhere. According to this magazine, have you got, I suggest you get this. Yeah, I'd love to. I don't know how to get an, a spare copy. Ah, well, again, I could maybe email it to you if you're doing a, and what was the other thing? Oh, yes, the guys who helped me start the Kimbe hash. It, oh, yes, it's got one thing quite, the last two pages, it's got roll call, all of us by joining year. Right. And it took me ages to find myself. It's got me down as 1984, which is, um, I think I did actually, as I said, in the early 70s, I did actually run with them. But then I suppose I wasn't really a member. Paying subscriptions, yeah. So although the statistics aren't brilliant, they're, um, they, they're, there's some very interesting things. Uh, and one interesting thing is what location, you know, is the, where most runs began from. Wow. Or begin from, and I must say I'm wrong. I thought that. Well, you, you have you ever been in Hong Kong? Yep. And you've hashed. I yep. thought thought one Chai Gap was the most common starting point, but they say no, it's the Hong Kong Cricket Club. Apparently, ah. it's surprising. The second is a place that wasn't even there when I first. The Parkview, the on top of a sort of a mountain. It's got some lovely sort of barbecue benches, a great place to have your down-downs at and, and food afterwards. Hong Kong has still very often provide food mm-hmm. uh, on site, which is nice, uh, which we don't really do in the UK. Certainly back then, there's lots of endless number of very good, cheap restaurants and noodle shops and everything else in there. Oh, well, that is very true. Very true, and I and I and I've often and we do do that as well. But if you actually, I did the one thing they do note since my time, apparently, if you take 52 runs in a year, uh, the majority now are actually in the new territories, I suppose, because Hong Kong's gradually got built up, so there's more terrain, uh, in unspoiled running terrain in the new territories. I attended a AGPU with Hong Kong hash out in the new territories, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, That's they, where they yeah. held it once, yeah. Yeah, I could well imagine. And the, the last time I did that, we certainly, or some went by car, but what you do, maybe you did it, there's a sort of a coach or a bus that mm-hmm. you can just go to in Central and you just jump on it and it takes you to the hash. Yeah. And that then that bus then took us to um, a local Chinese uh, Dai Pai Dong thing in the New Territories. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And it looked like they hadn't seen many Westerners before, but we soon made our presence felt <laughs> with a few dancings on the table, etc. Yeah. Did, have you ever gotten hurt on trail? Any uh, mi- personal misadventures or lost for extensive? The one thing I particularly remember is my very first trip to China uh, in 1984 with the Hong Kong hash. It was a little slightly unusual. They allowed wives and girlfriends 
and other visitors to go. But then, but and and we went. It was absolutely astonishing. It going back a hundred years, you know, this before the they became more modern. And anyway, on the second day, they got Chanda Chan, one of these original Chinese members, and I uh, were just told to set a trail. And uh, I think we used part of the first day to... I know we did, yeah. No, we had to almost set it live because obviously we had no time. We were on the first day, we were doing the first run, and which was seen to be largely set in, in a river. We literally were wading for about three quarters of the hash. Wow. But anyway... Our one, I mean, okay, Chan, my lawyer's Chinese, he doesn't, he didn't know the area and doesn't speak a word of Mandarin. He's a Hong Kong taxi driver. Anyway, he and I saw that looks a useful looking start. It looks like a nice path up into the hills. And by pure chance, we just struck a, a most beautiful trail. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, well, neither of us had any sense of direction, unfortunately. And I said, look, they've somehow got to get back to where they started. Or either that, or we've somehow got to get the coach to pick them up at the end. And But very luckily, we sort of, it, we could see that we were going to end up. But then then we ran out of time. Because we, as I said, we literally had to set it that day. So we right. started laying our uh, flower through these hills and we got to this last hill where we could see that that was the road where the coach was, where the driver was. But we said, we better go back because they'll be, or at least, at least but actually, no, the coach had gone off to pick up the actual runners. Right. But anyway, we could see that was going to be the end. But for some reason, we went back to where they, to the start without laying this last bit down to the road. It was only oh, 300 yards at the most, but we hadn't been on it. And unfortunately, <laughs> so we, they then set off and we tagged along, I think. Uh, although, uh, as I said, generally in Hong Kong, the hares don't go with, with the pack. But anyway, we did. We got to this point and they were really enjoying it. There was a bit of, it was a lovely rock pool area where they had to sort of wade through. Mm-hmm. And it was just lovely weather and we got to this steep this bit at the end and unfortunately it got steeper and steeper (laughs) the bit that we hadn't reconnoitered and one guy fell and he rolled right down to this dirt road and we thought god he got really scratched and uh, the others all managed to clamber down eventually but of course being in a, a very poor country with none of us speaking the language and not really knowing where we were, apart from the fact that the coach was there. And we we dragged this poor guy. We spotted a, what looked sort of like a, a roadside cab. It, all, it, all it really would sell us was, all they seemed to be able to manage was cups of tea. Anyway, we just poured tea over this poor guy's legs. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he, he yelled a bit. And then we, I mean, of course, we had nothing because we'd just run. I mean, okay, people had their bags in the bus, I suppose. I think people got him some um, clean clothes, but that, that was my. Uh, it was a shame because it had been a, you know, ninety percent of it was a fantastic run. Yeah. It, just by luck, I mean, it was pure luck because we didn't have time to do anything else, and it, just this one accident and uh, a rather sheer descent um, caused us to get many down downs, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, people do remember the last thing that happens, kind of sets the tone <laughs> for the whole event. Yeah. That's right, yeah, that's right. And not really. I, I, I remember once in, in Taipei, of course, the disadvantage of a live hare, which only happened to me once in all those four years. It was a rainy day. It was warm, but it was raining. And we were set off in this uh, wooded, rather pleasant 
area and we got to the first check and the hair was presumably at the end. Oh, I think it was A to B. So the hair was at B, I imagine, by that time. We all set off and we just never solved it. We absolutely, we, 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 the, the whole pack sort of fiddled around amongst these trees and low scrub hills and for half an hour or more, we just could not solve that first check. Mm. It's funny. And, and what we, and we were, we all got, we went further and further. I think, well, he's surely going to go. There's no, it's sort of jungle. I mean, you'd think that there was limited ways in which we, we thought he could have gone, but we just could not do it. Mm-hmm. And eventually, and as I say, it was raining and warm. It was perfect weather for um, snakes. <laughs> And normally I didn't see many snakes in Taiwan, although there are quite a lot. But that day, because of that combination of warm weather, dampness and being off trail, we saw between us, we saw a lot of snakes. Mm. And eventually we just sort of stood there. And he, I suppose, after waiting, where the hell's the pack? And he must have, I don't know, he, he came back, of course, and showed us where we should have gone. But that, I, that is always a memory of mine. It's mm. funny, that's only that's once did that ever happen. Wow. Have you ever heard that before? I mean, uh, we had we just had to follow him after that. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't really very hashing. But, um, yeah. Have you gotten to any other corners of the world? Have you been to the States or Africa or the New uh, No, I hashed in, I see the Hong Kong hash now has had two trips to South Africa. They've got the Cathay Pacific pilots, there are South African pilots, and they've seen, reading this, they've hashed over there. I have hashed in Melbourne mm-hmm. because my, uh, my, although I live in Oxford, my parents are both uh, Australian, and I was staying with my uncle i think in melbourne and found, i did too actually the uh the melbourne hash and the, i think it was the melbourne ladies hash mm-hmm. uh, and i've never seen uh, again the the strange had this strange combination of a few of them being very fit and the rest of them only there for the beer and uh, having a good you know stripping and uh, having a good time i don't think i've ever come such a, a, a course uh, crew as the oh, as the Melbourne ladies hash, but uh, it, it did remind me slightly of New Guinea, where of course they're also mostly Australian. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, where have I been to hash Cyprus? Uh, oh well, I've, in recent years, I although I don't hash much in the UK, whenever I go on a holiday to Asia, I'll, I've been on the. Um, Cambodia, what do they call it? Phnom, it's not, uh, no, Phnom Penh. Sorry, I have been on the Phnom Penh, but I've also been on the, 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 the Angkor Wat. No, Phnom, you're quite right. I've been on the Hanoi and on the Phnom Penh in recent time, just before the lockdown. Mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it. They've been great fun. I tend to walk mostly these days. I walk and jog a bit, and I find that I'm I'm just in the middle of the pack. There's some people running along quite quickly, but I've, yeah, I've done those, um, but only once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. How about you? You're still hashing, are you? Yeah, I'm in Toronto, and there's quite a bit of hashing here. We've definitely slowed down with uh, <laughs> co- with COVID, and we take all of our holiday trips and do a lot of hashing. We go to the New Zealand Nash Hash every two years. And oh, there, really? there's uh, usually a full week of seven or eight on the lead up to the weekend event. And we go, we do all the inner hashes. We were in China at the Pan Asia in November 2019, right oh. in the provinces all around Wuhan. 
we were south of it. We took a plane to the west and a train to the north. And so we circled Wuhan province and left late November. So we just missed uh, the excitement there. Oh, wow. I was lucky. Yeah. So we've done a lot of hashing in Asia. I met my wife at Cardiff, Interhash, a Canadian. Oh, really? And I've been going to Interhash since 94 in Rotorua. So I was there with you in Cyprus and Hobart. And I, we still we still make those vacation trips. So are they basically still those? Well, they're still every two years, are they? Yes. Until, what happened then is Trinidad and Tobago won the bid for 2020 and they postponed for a year and then a second year. So there was no interhash 2020. Okay. It's going to be next, next April in Trinidad. And where was 2018? Fiji. Oh, my gosh. So So they really get around. Yeah, it's been good. So it was in Perth, Australia, and we did a trip to Fiji on the way and off to a remote island. And it's been in Bali, a cup, Bali, Bora Bador. We had a great interhash in 2012 in Indonesia, and we had the venue two nights at different World Heritage sites, Temple of Bora Bador. And so there's some great stuff happening with Asian. There's a lot of money in Asia. And there's a lot of hashers willing to really put in the work with some expat help and spectacular events happening there. I think, yeah, well, I, yes, I should, uh, perhaps when the world opens up again, I should reinvestigate. I, I am keener on Asia than, than, uh, than, I don't know, two civilized, westernized places, I must say. And uh, of course, as you say, Asia's changed a lot. Last time I was in Bali, I think I stayed in the same hotel as I'd been in Bali Interhash in 1988, which had been only expats almost. These only Westerners were in the hotel. But now, of course, then, of course, it was full of this last time. As you say, wealthy Asian Asians now stay in these hotels, don't they? Yeah. You'd feel right at home at Interhash. I mean, I think sometimes we look at Interhash now and the average attender is about age 60 and up. <laughs> oh, then I would be. Drain oil still goes, does he? He has never missed an Interhash. That's what I still. Right. He, is, yeah. he, is he now the only one? There's another one surviving... Filthy Phil from oh. uh, you. There was five or six for quite a long time. Right, the, wolf, the wolf from Germany passed. Yeah, what happened to him? He died on trail about eight oh. or ten years ago. Did he really? Good heavens! Yeah. Well, of course, he was in Seoul with me, so I know him. What do you have to say about the wolf? A lot of people met him and know him. Oh, very, very nice gentleman. But I, I really, uh, I, I've seen him at the odd interhouse since. But yeah. Not really to speak to, because everybody knows him. Yeah. Uh, but no, I have nothing but good words to say for him. He was Grand Master of Seoul, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, he was terrific. He just sort of set a very nice tone to the thing. But I, did he, was it Lufthansa he worked for? Yep. Yeah, he was a Lufthansa. Yeah, okay, yeah. Head. I know, I had nothing. I, I didn't know him well, I, even in Seoul. Uh, but but everybody did. He was just, uh, I don't know how he ever first got into it. As I say, I arrived in May 73. He was probably, I don't know quite, I imagine he was there already. I think he was a bit older than me. Oh, right, he died on trail, did he? Wow. Yeah, in Germany, I think. And Chibai is the founder of the PJ Animales in Malaysia. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. He, he died, he made it to Fiji Interhash, and he was 
pretty frail there. He was kind of, he was almost in a wheelchair. He didn't move much. Oh. So he died. He made it to the Fiji inner hash and then he died since then. Oh, okay. Well, as I said, looking through this Hong Kong hash magazine, I know quite a lot of them have died, uh, which is sad. I can't believe it's the hashing that did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope not. No, I think, I think people like the wolf dying on trail, everybody thought it was a, uh, well, that sounds an, an appropriate ending that, you know, that's where oh. he would have wanted the, Oh yeah. Last yeah. Time. Did you know the penguin from Scotland? It was I think Jaca- so. What's it? Uh, the penguin Ronnie Strachan? He was in Jakarta for quite a while. He's oh no, I didn't. Uh, he, no. he only missed one interhash. He had. Oh uh, right. Okay. He was registered for them all, but he had a family event and he had to actually miss one event. Yeah. Oh right. And has he died as well? Or? No, he's still hashing, and oh, he's oh, still really? he's very active. He's actually taken a behind the scenes or not so much behind the scenes consulting role and he he gets involved in every interhash with advising them oh, there okay. is actually an interhash council that has formed an unofficial group of people that get together and just manage the voting to make there's been some issues and some controversy of how the voting was handled and mismanagement of the ballots and everything. So it's, <laughs> we've kind of formed this unofficial council that makes sure the voting's as close to fair as possible. Oh, okay. And uh, well, I don't blame them because even though I remember one time, one of the last ones I uh, was it is it the on sex or the GMs that vote? I forget. It was the all the GMs, and now it's every attender. Good heavens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. I see. Well, it was the GMs in my time, I think. Yeah, we don't, we stopped having a GMs meeting, I think, and Cyprus might have been the last GMs meeting. Oh, okay. Interhash, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I seem to remember I was with the Bister and I probably also was around with the Surrey and Barnes people too. And the, certainly the Bister guy, our hotel was a bit away. And I said, oh, it's voting time. Aren't you going to go? And he just couldn't be bothered. So I, it obviously wasn't working very brilliantly even then. But I also remember this rather controversial suggestion that um, the Americans were going to charter a, something, a big passenger liner or something when thinking of having a hash, interhash on that. That was San Diego. And it, that's right. Indeed. It, ne- that's it right. never happened. But the America interhash, which is every odd year, every oh, two yeah. years, last Inter-Americas was a cruise boat for it to actually happen. Oh, all right. They actually did it. No one else. I don't know if anyone else bid. I think someone else did bid. But they managed to pull off. Uh, yeah, the American hashing is often very driven by wanting to have nudity and unlimited beer. on, And so they got their own boat. <laughs> and I, I interviewed for the podcast the cruise director, a guy who's organized a lot of hash cruises oh, I, really? I i don't think that one will happen again but it was a it was fairly successful yeah. oh good good well anyway i'm running out of things to say i uh, uh but if you want i'll look up try and look up the two guys in from kimby yeah and was something else you asked me wasn't it i better write it down there's a few other people doing history projects there's a guy writing a lot of history from things you know the idea here is to get stories and not necessarily facts and figures but just voices and stories of what it was like yes yes well I, the guy in Seoul I know is he, the founder because he used to say it on the hash trash it, it founder it used to say founder Ian Young October 1972 
too. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I once went on holiday to New Zealand with him, and so we were quite pally, and I, I'll try and see if I've got any contact. But anyway, that's the name, certainly, Ian Young. Mm-hmm. And he worked for Pfizer, and he was in Hong Kong, and then Korea, and then they sent him to someone like um, Costa Rica or somewhere. And I, uh, uh, apart from this holiday in New Zealand, I haven't seen him for years. I'll get, I'll think about that story, like Lost Trail, and even mentioning the story, the tragic story, somebody died on trail. You know, maybe someone else oh, will yeah, have yeah. will have more details. Oh well, that's right. When this guy crossed the river, yes, that you has know? just happened in the states. Oh, has it? In August, a first-time runner, a hash virgin, was in a pond, and that just happened in September, and he died. And oh, dear. There's no charges, but there's alligators and crazy things in there, and he, he seemed to go right away. So that's that story hasn't come out very widely yet. Wow. Poor guy. Yeah. So there certainly wasn't alligators in Taiwan. It was just a current, I think. Yeah. But a lot of rain there. I hope you got something out of that. I also run a couple hash websites. I have a hash website I took over that lists all the contact information for all the hashes. Oh, okay. Oh, North yeah. America, South America, Caribbean. I want to ask you that one more thing. Did you get, when you went to Padia, the hash directory? Did you ever have a printed hash directory of clients? I did, but I don't know what, yes. There was a guy, I've forgotten his name now, he was one of the old timers, and he and I had a long chat because I disagreed with him about something. Oh, yeah, it was about the origin of the Taipei hash. Because ah. he had it linked to somewhere that I said, well, the guy's there, and, I'm there, and I knew them all. Said, no, they just read about it. Um, now, but I, yes, that big thing, you a big scroll thing. That was Bill, Tumbling Bill, Bill Panton. That's right. From That's Mother right, Hash. Right. Yeah, he started the Bangkok Hash, and he started the DC Hash. So he's a big figure. And those hashes are, you know, the, the men, they're still all men's. Washington, D.C. and Bangkok, they're still in the yeah. Mother Hash tradition. They were started by Tumbling Bill. He died just a couple years ago, and oh. he created the Hash Genealogy Project. So, Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is, yeah. Some of the history that comes up through these podcasts is allowing us to correct some of that information, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I cool. can imagine, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, great. Let me ask you one traditional question on this podcast. Yes. Is the RA always right? Always right. Always. Yeah, I'd say he always is. Never never puts a foot wrong. Okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's been great to meet you and great to speak to you. Thanks for your time. I'm not going to edit it too much. You know, the thinking out loud. I think your style of thinking and talking, I think I want to preserve that. So although for most of these, I'm chopping all the pauses and the nose out, I think you have an engaging storytelling manner. And I may just let people listen to you thinking out loud in between the stories, too. Well, yeah, it's a very kind of you, uh, very flattering. But anyway, nice, nice to meet you. All right. Thanks, Brain Dead Kid. <laughs> on, on. And good luck with your project. Thanks. On, on. <laughs> this is the On, On podcast. Hasher stories, Hasher voices, Hasher history. New episodes every week. Till next time, On, On. This is Ra. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Sweet.